Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes you know how long you have to hold on. There's an appointed beginning, middle, and end of any sort of season and situation. And, and when that happens and that situation comes down and it's measured and consistent, you, you, you're able to kind of figure it out. You, you know how long you're going to have to hold on. Maybe it's a semester and you know how to plan your time in school. Maybe it's a picture of a career and you know what season of your career you're in. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And we use our energy, our our physical, our emotional, our our spiritual, our relational energy and, and, and incrementally so that we're able to have the strength the wherewithal, the people around us to make it through each stage until we hold on to the end. Not so in a pandemic. My sense was that we would be back in here, back in the sanctuary and back in our auditorium by Easter. And I thought, that's it, we're in, we're going to be good to go. And I was wrong. I thought for sure then we would be in by Mother's Day, and have a marvelous celebration with a a full sanctuary and a full auditorium with a campus bustling with people. And again, I was wrong. I thought for a moment when we were able to open in May and June for that little bitty season that we'd build up and we'd be back on site and, and good to go here in the summer and we'd be able to get up and get after it with on site worship. And I was wrong again. We were all told that if somehow we were able to flatten the curve and do what we were asked to do, if we did thus and such, things would move mathematically in a way that would be more predictable for the future. And that in flattening the curve, everything would be fine and we'd only have to hold on so far. Maybe we did and maybe we didn't, but... It sure feels like we're still holding on. And now we come to another why in the road. It's the season for school to start, and we find out that we're holding on again. Children look around, and they may even be a little bit bored and ready to come back to school, and they're saying, let's go. Get the uniforms, get the shoes, get the backpacks, get the books, and let's go. Parents may be saying, we will pay any price, we will do anything to get our kids in school. Teachers want to get back with children in classrooms because teachers love students. They love teaching, they love learning. They love the relational interactions that come from being face-to-face with the students. Some may have some anxiety about safety. People, administrators, leaders, and all that go into education are hoping that process and protocols are in good shape so that campuses are safe when the nod comes from the authorities and everything gets back to normal or maybe gets back to a new normal and somehow as school opens we're able to get into a wider sense of the opening of our society and get to the end of this pandemic 
Well, we really don't know. So in the absence of knowing, we simply hold on. But holding on when we don't know when the end will come can be exhausting. Pandemic fatigue is a different kind of fatigue than I've ever experienced in my life before. So we try to hang in there with others. We hang on and continue to look for meaning and purpose in the midst of all these circumstances. If we would only know how long, life may have a different sense of order and understanding. And we'd know how to ration and use the energy that we have. I'm reminded in the Old Testament when the people of Israel were looking to the Lord for an answer for how long. They'd been taken to exile in Babylon and and they said, okay, Lord, how long? And the Lord said these words from Jeremiah 29. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon. 70 years. I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. I think that when Jeremiah said those words and said that those words came from the Lord, the people said, are you kidding me? Seventy years? Maybe we can hold on for a season or a couple of years. Maybe even if we stretch a whole generation. But Lord, 70 years? We don't want to be here long enough to have kids and grandkids and trees that produce fruit. Come on, Lord. Give us a better answer as to how long. How about tomorrow? How about the day after? How about a couple months? And then it's all done and all over and we're in good shape. Because we don't want to hang on for 70 years. It's amazing when Jeremiah writes the words of verse 11, many of those words which adorn our homes in which we're sitting this morning, that he's calling people to hang on and wait. And that it is a function of the good and gracious will of God. That something good comes out of something painful. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. As we've been working this summer through the book of of, of Acts, we we see how God establishes His church. how, How Jesus ascends into heaven and the Spirit comes down. We're reminded that the people are thinking that the Lord Jesus was going to return in their generation. They thought that maybe they could hold on for a season or a time or an era But they held on through the Roman Empire. They held on through the Holy Roman Empire. They held on through wars and rumors of wars. They held on through autocrats, kings, dictators. They held on through corruption and politics. And God's people have held on through pandemics 
the AIDS pandemic of 2005 and 20 to 2015, the flu pandemic in 1968, the Asian flu pandemic in 1956, the flu of 1918, and the cholera pandemic of 1910. Through all of these times, through all of these eras, God's people hold on. We hold on to Christ, we hold on to one another, and we hold on to the Christian faith, and most importantly, we hold on to hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So we hold on. It's amazing to me that every time Peter and John get up to speak in the first part of the book of Acts, they begin with Jesus, because Jesus is the energy of the faith. Peter says over and over and over again, this Jesus whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, who ascended into heaven, who sent his spirit upon us, this Jesus is holding on to you. He lived and died for you. This Jesus holds on to you as you hold on. Weekly, daily, hourly, moment by moment, he holds on to us. That promise of his presence, delivered and sealed, in his death and his blood on the cross for us. This Jesus who loves you holds on to you no matter how long until one day we are at home with him. Seventy years for the people of Israel to hold on in Babylon. And the Lord held on to them and his promise to them. We hold on here and now in this moment, in this time, as He holds on to us forever. We hold on to community, to family and friends, to people. The pandemic has led to different ways of of connecting to and showing affection to people. It used to be and will be again that our courtyard is filled with hugs and handshakes, but right now, someone puts out their hand and you go, yeah. So hugs and handshakes have given way to fist pumps and masks. But people have been close. The stories coming out of our ministry of people being there at the right time in the right place with the right message or the right delivery or the right gift or the right words. Friends have been vital. And no matter how long this goes on, we are close to one another. And the church of Jesus Christ, whether it's God's iteration of it here at St. John's in Orange or the whole big Christian church on earth, we hold on to the communion of saints and who we are in Jesus together as our identity springs from Christ. And so we hold on to one another and we hold on to family and friends and community (laughs) until it's over. And the last piece is perhaps the most important. For in holding on to Christ, there is hope. Hope that God himself is doing something bigger and better than we can see. In Romans chapter 5, the first five verses, St. Paul writes these words. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We're turning toward the fall and turning away from the summer. We're turning toward the challenges of school and the the new season of life that's coming with that. And the whole nation wonders when we do get back to normal or when we find out what our new normal is and burn into new routines. We find a sense of comfort in the ebbs and flows, the comings and goings of life and we say, God be praised. One day this will end. And whether we get back to normal or a new normal is in the hands of the Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Until until we're back to normal, we hold on through fatigue and exhaustion, we hang on. Through pivoting and transitioning and decisions being made, what seems to be every moment of every day, changed here and changed there, we hang on. To the Lord, to one another, and to the marvelous hope that we have in Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.